Amen. Good evening. Welcome to Studying in the Word. I am Minister Michelle Carter Douglas. It is a blessing to have you all on this evening. Amen. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Praise God. Good evening. Love you all. Uh, tonight's Bible study will be about the importance of marriage. And so in this Bible study today, we're going to get some uh, scriptures and how uh, God views marriage and also how God views the single person. And uh, as well, going into that, we're going to look at some possible misconceptions in how people uh, sometimes believe that in the scripture about the man leaving his uh, parents' household, or it doesn't say exactly that, leaving his parents and becoming one with the wife. We're going to look into that scripture um, because I know sometimes uh, people often feel that when the child is 18, they are supposed to leave the house or whatever else like that. So we're going to get into what God has to say. Um, also, we are going to read the Daily Bread dated for today, which is January the 20th, 2023. Amen. 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 Uh, Sister Patricia, would you bless us with prayer? Honor, the glory, and we praise your name forevermore. 
the Almighty God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much. Praise God. Amen. Uh, with that being said, uh, would anyone have today's uh, reading for the daily bread that they would like to read for us? And for those listening, you can go to uh, dailybread.org. And this will have the uh, today's uh, reading that uh, we will be uh, blessed with. And would anybody like to uh, read today's reading? Oh, amen. I could definitely do it. Amen. Amen. Because I have it. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Did you want to read it? Oh, no, no worries. And were you able to find it, Sister Patricia? I'm working on it. No, take your time. And this will give everybody a chance. Now, uh, the web to go to for today's reading is O Like Oscar. Uh, oh, okay. You have it? Okay. Amen. So, and just to yeah. give everybody, um, the website is odbrdailybread.org backslash us backslash 2023 backslash 01 backslash 20 that's 20 backslash love hyphen like hyphen B is in boy, L A Z is in zebra, I N G, backslash F as in Frank, I R E. So that's odb.org, backslash US, backslash 2023, backslash 01, backslash 20, backslash love, hyphen, like, hyphen, blazing, hyphen, fire. Amen. And Sister Arlesa, if you will bless us with today's reading. Yes, and on um, the website for short, you can go to odb.org. Uh, Amen. It's free. It's, uh, it's our daily bread. So you can just type in odb.org. Um, and I'm reading January 20th, Love Like Blazing Fire. Amen. And it says Bible in the year. It says Genesis uh, chapter 45 through 50 and Matthew chapter 13, uh, verse 31 through 58. And it says today's scripture insight, um, Song of Songs, um, chapter 8, verse 5 through 7. But this is what it says for love like burning fire. I mean, blazing fire. Poet, painter, and 
Clint Baker, William Blake enjoyed a 45-year marriage with his wife, Catherine. From their wedding day until his death in 1827, they worked side by side. Catherine added color to William's sketches, and their devotion endured years of poverty and other challenges. Even in his final weeks, as his health failed, Blake kept at his art, and his final sketch was his wife's face. Four years later, Catherine died, clutching onto her husband's pencil in her hand. The Blake's vibrant love offers a reflection of the love discovered in the Song of Songs. And while the song's description of love certainty, certainly has implications for mm -hmm. marriage, early, early believers in Jesus believe it also points to Jesus. Unacquaintable. Is there word? Um, You're right. Unquenchable. Mm -hmm. Oh, unquenchable. Sorry. For no, all his songs. No. Mm -hmm. The songs describe a love, love. which is a remarkable metaphor since death is, a, since death is as final and unescapable as reality as humans will ever know. Amen. This strong love burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. And unlike fires, we're familiar, these flames can't be doubted. Not even by, uh, not, not even by, a, what is that word? Deluge. De what, I'm sorry? Deluge, I think. I've never seen that word before, but I believe it's deluge. Like I'm going to look that word up, too. Okay. Thank you. Many waters cannot quench love. The song insists. Who among us doesn't desire true love? The song reminds us that whenever we encounter genuine love, God is the ultimate source. And in Jesus, each of us can know a profound and undying love, one that burns like a blazing fire. By Will, by Win, Win, Holliner, I think that's his name. And then this says, reflect and pray. It says, where have you encountered strong love? How does Jesus' love encourage you? Amen. I want to thank you, Sister Arlessa, for reading that. Uh, you did an excellent job. Sorry if I bossed it a little bit. Um, no, no, you did not. And God bless you. And we thank you. I thank you so much for uh, reading that journal. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Um, Can I? Yes, yes, please. Yes. After you're done talking, I just, if, if I could probably answer the question um, first, but then after you're, you're done talking. No, go ahead. No, you can have the floor. Amen. Um, would you mind just reading the questions again, just so it's like, Sure. And uh, let me uh, go down. 
and this uh, computer is just, okay, so the question to reflect and pray, where have you encountered strong love? Where have you encountered strong love? That's the first question. Second question, how does Jesus's love encourage you? Okay, so where have, where have I encountered strong love? I haven't encountered the love that's described in um, this story just yet. I hope to have that one day. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, how does Jesus's love encourage you? I think in the Bible, it really talks about finding, um, you know, it talks about marriage and, and love and having respect for each other and understanding, like, um, I know everybody for marriage is different, but for heterosexual marriage, I'm talking about for a man and a woman, you guys were completely different. And that's not saying that that's a bad thing. That's okay. Um, the man is usually, the man is, so I believe a man is supposed to lead and a wife should follow him and be okay with, there are some situations that you don't always know the answers to. Mm -hmm. And it's okay for somebody that loves you and wants to protect you, he can lead you through that. And then I think in this where I get to, where I see with the wife, like they had, they weren't always, they didn't always, um, what is it? Not all, not all marriages, from what I've heard, they're not always going to have the answers to things, mm -hmm. and it's not always going to be rainbows and cupcakes. But I think the beauty of marriage, and I think why marriages today do not last, is it's communication, and it's always people are always at war with each other, and um, I think it's and people aren't willing to grow, so. Mm -hmm. From, from what I can say for myself, for what I look for in a strong love and a strong marriage, is to find someone that has, for me, that has the same beliefs as I do. I've always been told to, even from like my grandmother, my mom, um, and just people in my life in general, even learning different things from like talking with my brothers and stuff. But from what I can say, from what I've like, I don't. Like from what if you've ever heard the term of when you're in a relationship, don't play house. Mm -hmm. Like meaning, don't like if you're doing all these things before marriage. What's the point of marriage? Mm -hmm. So I've always heard that um, growing up, and yeah. So like I said, like finding somebody that has mutual beliefs as you do. And I abide by the Bible. Now, I'm not saying, like, I follow everything to a T, but I am a Christian woman, mm -hmm. and I want to find a Christian husband, and I want to find somebody where we can, we, we can grow together. I want to show I can bring to the table. I can be a nurturer, a provider, a good like a good mother, um, not a provider, I mean but a, a good mother, a, nurtur a nurturer, mm -hmm. somebody that is empathetic, um, that I can provide emotional support. And then in the husband, I look for a provider, a leader, 
um, someone that is easy to talk to, funny, understanding, and who is protective. Yes. So that I think those are the things that I would love to um, find in my future partner. Amen. That's all I have. That is a lot of information, great information. And I thank you so much uh, for sharing that, my sister in Christ and my daughter. Praise God. And um, Brylin, with that being said, did you want to give your insight on this? Uh, where have you encountered? Brylin, is Brylin? Yes, yes. Would you like to give your insight? And I would like to get the young people on here to get their insight. Um, where have you encountered strong love? Encounter what? Strong love. Strong love? Yes. And the second question, how does Jesus's love encourage you? I'm sorry, what was that? My first love was my first gang console. <laughs> yes, Lord, Jesus. Well, okay. <laughs> Your gang console. Okay. So you're kind of like uh, what, what Arlessa was saying, that she hasn't experienced that, that basically she's looking forward to experiencing that um, through marriage would that be correct for you as well yeah like my thing is like just don't think about it too much you know everything happens in time Ooh, hallelujah like, better to just take your time mm-hmm. and uh, do you but you never know the first relationship might not even work out it might be the second or third or maybe the eighth or tenth Praise God. Now asking uh you, Brother Brylin and Sister Arlessa, how does Jesus' love encourage you? Amen. 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 Praise God. I would say the same thing as um, Brother Brian said about how does Jesus' love encourage you. And I think in the Bible, uh, it, it has different teachings as well that you can relate to. And I think God, He loves you unconditionally, and you can always talk to Him and go to Him and pray to Him when you have questions and answers. So, yeah, I think that's, I would say that's how um, Jesus' love encourages you. Amen. Amen. Oh, and, and, yes. And to treat your body as a temple. And, like, that that can be, like, emotionally, physically, and mentally to respect yourself. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, young adults. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. 
Uh, with that being said, amen, amen. Uh, with that being said, uh, Sister Patricia, Brother Desmond, would any of you guys uh, like to share uh, your insight with the question? Where have you encountered strong love and how does Jesus's love encourage you? I'm going to reverse this. I'm going to take the second question first. Okay. Okay. Uh, Jesus' love, you said, how do they encourage? Mm-hmm. Okay. Jesus' love was encouraging when I saw how he made them walk to die upon the cross. Mm. He gave his life for all of our lives. He died so that we could be reborn. You know, it, it, it's being able to be encouraged that that's faith walk. Mm. You know, he, he, he walked and gave his life because he knew the greatness of his father. And I know if he can make that walk, it was amazing that we, we can walk. Mm-hmm. It says that we are in God's likeness. So, that gives me an idea of being a great person. That encourages me to be able to have faith undoubtedly, undoubting faith in the good Lord. And it also, how Jesus forgave. You know, I've, I've had situations to where recently I had to forgive, and it was some powerful things going on in my family. And I had to forgive family members, and it was the hardest thing, the hardest thing to do. But I had to think about I couldn't be like my family. I had to be Christ-like. I had to forgive. I had to have faith and walk with God. Um... The next question, the first question. Mm-hmm. Okay, can you read that again? Sure. Where have you encountered strong love? Um, I encountered strong love from, I'm going to say, in the beginning, from my family. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was the strong love. I was introduced as a baby to God by my mother and father. You know, that, that first time that you go to church, that, that was my introduction to the good Lord. That was my strong love. 
And you know, at first you don't you don't think that way. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't think that way in the beginning until you you see that you're supposed to, to be the God is supposed to be the groom, you're supposed to be the bride and so forth as a man and it's the opposite for a woman. And that love is just something. It is, it's strong. Mm-hmm. It's strong. It's that, that introduction to the good Lord by my parents. Mm-hmm. That was my strong love. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Brother Desmond, for sharing. Thank you so much. Uh, Sister... No, no, not at all. Sister Patricia? Yeah. Amen. Where have you experienced strong love? Uh, is the first question. And the second question, how does Jesus' love encourage you? strong love in my last relationship. Unfortunately, I didn't have that in my marriage. But my last relationship, I'm not, it was, I mean, all I can explain is this, I could tell that they loved me, I loved them, and we could sit and we could talk things out that we didn't agree upon. We could sit and talk without arguing or throwing things or hitting. We would sit and talk and we cured more about trying to understand what the other person's view was. And, you know, and I, you know, if you have a relationship, a tight relationship, I, uh, we can really sit and talk. It's not saying that we always agree, but at least I would know how he felt, he would know how I felt. And we would respect that. My first strong love, I believe, was my mother. I love my father and my mother, but I was a little, after I became a daddy girl, I, my mother, because we used to have talk as I got older, more and more heart-to-heart talk, and she taught me a lot about life, a lot, and I learned a lot about her, because like, you know, like when you have your mommy, it's your mommy, but then as you get older, she's also, she's a woman, she's somebody's sister, she's somebody's wife, she's somebody's friend. You just don't see her as that mommy, mommy. She's a person just like you. And, you know, a very, very strong love. And I think Jesus uh, really helps us that knowing that you love somebody so much that you care about them and their needs above your own. And you're willing to sacrifice your own needs to them because you really care about someone else. And you want to do what you can to help them. You want to look at them and help them and, you know, work things out and work things with another person, no matter who it is. And that's a strong love. When you care about someone, whether it's your family, your uh, close friend, uh, your husband, wife, whatever, that's enough about somebody that you put their wants above yours and you take 
time to listen to them. And I think that's because, you know, like I think about that's the Jesus. He gave his life for us. You still yes. enough for somebody else that put their needs above yours. Amen. That's a strong love. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much for your insight, Sister Patricia. We are going to take a short break before I share my uh, uh, answer to the questions. And when we come back, not only will we have uh, my uh, answer, but we're also going to go into the definition of marriage according to the secular definitions, and then we're going to look at the biblical definitions. So how marriage is defined by the world and how marriage is defined by God. We will be right back with Studying in the Word. I am Minister Michelle carter Devlin. In our storms, we have God too. Written by Michelle Carter Douglas, Rylan Douglas, Arlesa R. Douglas, Patrick M. Douglas. This collection of prayers is offered to the home for parents and their children, not only focusing on relationships between husband and wife, but the relationships between parent and child, child and parent, and people within the community. James 5.16, confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Behind our closed doors, we pray together and we offer our fervent prayers to the world. 1 John 5.14, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Amen. Sharing a prayer from the book. Strength in our marriage. God is our strength. Heavenly Father, as my spouse and I come before you, we send praise and gratitude. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Thank you for everything you have done for us, both as individuals and together. As I hold my spouse's hand, we give our praise. Please, Sovereign Lord, cover our homes, our lives, our families with the blood of Jesus. At times, the wind consumes us, and we begin to feel as though we are drifting apart. Seldom have the raging waters tried to drown our hopes and dreams. We ask you, Almighty God, to embrace us and give my spouse and me strength. Give us strength, Heavenly Father, individually and in our union. Give us the strength and endurance during opposition of the enemy's tactics. Give us the strength during temptation. Give us the strength to endure physical and mental trials. Oh, Heavenly Father, strengthen our mind, heart, spirit, and souls. Yes, Father, we find refuge and strength 
and your holy word and presence. We find strength calling on your holy name. We have strength in your divine love and nurturing presence. Heavenly Father, you are our strength. In our marriage with God, we can survive all things. This we pray in Jesus Christ's holy name. This book is available right now on Amazon.com. And welcome back to Studying in the Word. I am Minister Michelle Carter-Douglas. Amen. Now, to answer my question, uh, well, answer to answer the article's question and uh, the article, Love Like Blazing Fire, where have you encountered strong love? I encountered strong love at my spiritual mental and emotional rock bottom and that was from god because you know it's easy for people to like you when you have things it's it's easy for you to feel okay when you're not experiencing any trials or tribulations so you know, aside from my uh, first marriage and everything, it, it it was it was God, and after that, I would say the birth of my children, because with my children, and I'm not just saying this, my children are my best friends. They are my best friends. They are my everything. You know, and I know God Almighty. He God does so much in our lives. And I'm just truly thankful that he blessed me with my children. How does Jesus's love encourage you? Jesus's love encourages me in every aspect of the way. Because see, Jesus is there when I'm happy, when I'm sad, when I'm frustrated, when I'm overwhelmed, Jesus is right there embracing me. And, and Jesus' love, he doesn't lie. He doesn't backstab. He doesn't sabotage. He doesn't take what you said out of context. And it encourages me because the closer I am to God, the closer I am to Jesus, the more that I'm able to represent what God has fashioned me to be. And that's a child of the most high God and also a shepherd. So with that being said, um, anyone else? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I spoke with Sister Nicole. She was going to be on, but I don't know if she got a chance yet. But is there anybody else that would like to share their insight on where have you encountered strong love and how does Jesus's love encourage you? Okay. And I looked up the word deluge uh, and to make sure I'm pronouncing it right. Oh, deluge. That's the word deluge. 
So uh, deluge is a severe flood um, or is also used in the definition of um, great quantity of something. So uh, now that we have those uh, definitions, let's all move to the definition of marriage. Amen. So anyone have any thoughts on how marriage would be defined? Knowing that that person is the one for you, 
and that that person how that God wants you to be with. Because if you put that much time in preparing for a wedding, then if you did the marriage, then you would finally realize maybe the person you're with, God does not want you to be with. You're right. Amen. 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 And, and that's very interesting that you guys uh, bring that up. And, you know, this is about uh, studying in the word, the word of God. And there is no intention to uh, offend anybody. Because again, this is the word of God and this is not based on opinion. Uh, the one thing that we hear, you know, while we are teaching uh, Bible study, it is to educate through spiritual education brings spiritual change and spiritual growth. Um, with that being said, I want to read the clinical definition, the secular definition of marriage that's defined by the, um, is defined by the uh, Oxford Dictionary. It defines marriage as the legally or formally recognized union of two people as partners in a personal relationship. Historically and in some jurisdictions, specifically a union between a man and a woman. One moment, guys. Okay. Okay, amen. And uh, Brother Desmond just rejoined. And I'm going to read the definition again. Um, marriage defined by the Oxford Dictionary, the legally or formally recognized union of two people as partners in a personal relationship, historically and in some jurisdictions, specifically a union between a man and a woman. The second definition which I found uh, very peculiar <laughs> was marriage being defined as a combination of mixture of two or more elements. Example, and this is not my example, this is the example coming from the Oxford Dictionary. A marriage of jazz, pop, blues, and gospel. Before I go to the definition from the biblical dictionary, this is where the adversary is conditioning society to remove the sanctity of marriage. When you are using a marriage to equate it with elements, partnership, um, where does that leave the mind to go? And this is not passing any judgment because again, 
you know, I myself, and I, I just need to to share things when I'm teaching because I don't want anyone hearing this to uh, think, okay, if they're going through a certain situation, you know, I'm not worthy to worship God. And, you know, uh, you know, and, and it's not like that. We all fall short. We all make mistakes. But what is the beauty of life is when we confess openly, when we repent, and when we change, you know? And sometimes, yes, we got to fall a few times. You know, we got to confess a few times. We got to repent a few times when we continuously fall. But as long as we have that change in our minds, and that's what the, the objective that we're working toward, that's what makes it all important. And I use the example of Peter. Remember, Peter was chosen and he was able to walk on water with Jesus. And Peter not only fell a few times, but Peter, when he was walking on water, he lost sight of his faith, you know? And then he too was allowing the adversary to manipulate him because at one time when Jesus was walking, he turned around and he told uh, the adversary that was manipulating Peter, he said, Satan, get behind me. So Peter had a few things. And not only did Peter deny our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ three times, but Peter was chosen to witness the transfiguration. So we look at that, you know. I so I can't, I can't understand that. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that because we're we're gonna cover okay. we're, we're gonna cover that as well. But I just wanted to point that out that everybody isn't perfect, and and so when I I I, I go in here to the sanctity of marriage. You know, I found myself, you know, in a relationship, you know, back in, I think it was 2014, where, uh, and he was an African, you know, and my, you remember Michael uh, Steeler, right? Well, I'm just going to say, because it, it's not defamation of character, because it's a true fact. So he told me he was on a student visa, and I believed it. And even though he is older than me, you know, um, I, I still believed it to be true because I know, you know, at colleges, they have non-traditional students. So I didn't think anything other than that. But come to find out, uh, he was, in fact, married and married to gain citizenship here in the United States. And I, I bring that up because I have to be honest and transparent because there's a lot of situations out there. Um, not everybody is forthright with their relationship status. With that being said, uh, I think some of this has to do with the way society is conditioned by the adversary, by the negative, you know, in how they view marriage, okay? Any questions uh, before I look up 
uh, and share the uh, marriage definition to, uh, I'm sorry, the biblical uh, definition of marriage? I just wanted to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Okay, when you use Peter, right? Well, you know what? And not to stare off, not to see, um, and I respect that. And what we could definitely do is we can have, like, we will definitely discuss that. Um, we will definitely get to that. So if you could hold on to that question, and as soon as we're done, I will open the floor up to questions outside of the study content. This is just not to confuse anybody. Amen. Okay. Amen. Amen. So the, amen, the definition of uh, the biblical definition to marriage uh, is used, and this is according to BibleStudyTools.com. Um, in paragraph two, the image of God, Genesis 1, 26 through 27, declares that mankind, Adam, was created in God's image with a plural composition of male and female, each separately in God's image. And this is Genesis 5, 1 through 3, 9 and 6, 1 Corinthians 11 and 7, Colossians 3.10, James 3.9. Although the image of God is never defined in scripture, contexts in which God's image are discussed must define the concept. Example, 2 Corinthians 3.18 and Colossians 3.10. God's image in Genesis 1 includes ruling, creativity, procreation, reasoning, power, decision-making, and relationship. So we want to go back into Genesis where, uh, and if you guys can turn to Genesis chapter two, um, while you guys are finding Genesis chapter two, I'm also going to read the first paragraph to marriage. Uh, also, uh, that's defined under BibleStudyTools.com. Marriage, an intimate and complementing union between a man and a woman, in which the two become one, physically in the whole of life. The purpose of marriage is to reflect the relationship of the Godhead and to serve Him. Although the fall has marred the divine purpose and function of marriage, this definition reflects the God-ordained ideal for marriage from the beginning. So like Sister Nicole, Sister Arlessa was saying, you know, earlier, um, this is factual. You know, and, and, and once we are spiritually ed- educated, in the word of God, we begin to bring our vision back to the sanctity of marriage. And I I say this because I truly feel in our world right now, the reason why there is 
so much going on is because of the broken homes, the broken households. And where is that leaving the children? Once we repair our vision and understanding of the sanctity of marriage, we begin to build back up again. We begin to, as God commanded, be fruitful and multiply. When you have a broken concept of marriage and you're defiling the marriage bed, you are not multiplying the earth. And I, I and let me elaborate on that. You have some people that they are not protecting the household in which they are soul tied to. Meaning when a woman and a man has intercourse, they are tied. They are soul tied to one another because that's just the way it is. And and we're going to talk about uh, scriptures talking about the womb, the fruit of the womb. We're also going to talk about the life in the sperm. When God created man and woman, he created us in an ordainment to be in union with one another, to work together. Partnership is a business. Partnership is something to where each person has an equal uh, stock in something. Marriage to me should be thought of as a union, not a partnership. Some might say, well, union is the same thing as a partnership. Union is working within for the good of all. A partnership. Oh, okay. Thank you, Sister Alessa. Glory to God. You know, a partnership, you ever notice a partnership, sometimes one has more stake than the other. Or sometimes, you know, and I think modern day, you have some women that want to say they're modern day women that want to say they're traditional, but don't have their traditional values. Or it's like within a competition. Like nobody is, me personally, I want to date somebody that is a leader that I can follow. Mm -hmm. Not like, oh, I'm a dumb lamb and I'm just following him. No, I respect him enough to let him lead. When I'm I'm a woman, I want to sit back and be um, in my femininity and let him take control. It, it all goes into finding somebody with good quality. Yes. Because you have some some women that will be with a guy, some of them, and know that this person is, is bad, but they want to change him. You can't change a man if he doesn't want to change. No. Hey, no. <laughs> 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 
women, when you see partnerships, you have women, and sometimes with things like, yes, we've been put in, like, in the black community, black women, we've been put in the masculinity role. I'm not masculine. I do not want to be masculine. Mm-hmm. I want to find a masculine man, a husband. Mm-hmm. A partnership, a lot of them say, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a modern, traditional woman, but I don't want to let my husband lead and all this other stuff. I want to be the head. I want to control. I want to do this. But it's like, but the, that's the whole point of being feminine and stepping back and being submissive. Mm-hmm. It's okay not to have, and it's okay, it's not, it's not, women are it's okay not to always have the answers. It's okay to let him lead and handle situations. And you sit back and you're relaxed. It's like, because men are made. That's how, that's how they are. They're natural born leaders. Because mm-hmm. a lot of us, we're attracted to the go-getter, um, the CEOs, or, you know, somebody that has good status and everything. Because a lot of times what you see is, like, women would try to go out and get the best husband because, you know, you can brag to your friends about it. And then they, they love a woman that they can talk up who makes them look good and you make them look good. If that makes sense. Yes, it does. And, like, I... I agree with the union, the union thing. If and nobody's saying you don't have any say, nobody's saying that. It's like women, we're not meant to be masculine. That's just not. That's just not in our blood. There's nothing wrong with being passionate, being a go-getter, and getting and doing good in life. There's nothing wrong with that. But um, as far as and when I heard some men talking about how. They don't really care about women and their status and what they do for their job and what they make. And one woman, she was really upset about it. And I had to sit back and think because this is what I what I heard from him. So when he tells you, okay, like some, when she was going on dates, she would tell all her accolades and what she did for a living and how much she made. And the guy just he didn't talk to her after that. He's like, his face, he's just like, okay, he didn't care. Some men don't care about how much you make or what you went to school for and all these things. Because how I look at it as, you don't want to bring work home with you. Mm-hmm. Home is meant to decompress. You should look forward to spending time with your partner. Mm-hmm. You should want to, there's nothing wrong, okay, if you had a really really tough day, I understand that, yeah, you want to talk to your man about it, and then you talk, or your, your wife, or house, or vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. But when you go home, it's like, you don't want to talk about work with your partner when you're at home. You want to talk about your favorite show, laugh about something. You should be anticipating wanting to see each other. That's how I see it. Like, yes. you, you don't want to bring work home with you. Home is where the heart is. Home is where you're meant to mentally get yourself together and you leave work at, at work. I agree. It's easier said than done, but that's what I got from when he said that. And I was like, you know, when I, when I thought about it, I'm like, that's what I get when I hear that because I'm like, I don't want to be talking about Susan or, or Paul that spilled coffee on, on my shoes. Like, I, I mean, I would have been pissed, but it's like, I want to talk about, Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to touch this. That, hey, look. Mm-hmm. 
I want to I want to talk about our favorite show or 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 you know we cook dinner together and we eat our favorite pasta and we spend these because life is very short and it's like you can it's crazy how much time you spend on the petty things like I know I've done that before and it's like I wasted a whole day doing this really where I could have been focused on something else and I look at that as like in a relationship. I don't want to be worried about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to live in the, and I think that's what the whole saying is living within the moment. That's right. That's and right. I think in order to find that, you have to find a partner that's compatible with you and you guys share the same beliefs. And he, and you have to find a man that is the, that is already has already is established. And I feel like as a woman, you should be established in some sense. Like, if you want a man that has a car, has a good income, um, that, you know, has a home, you know, take those three things, I feel like you should you should have those things. That's how I am. Like, I am not dating for many of reasons. And it's all within myself taking care of myself and self-accountability and growth. Because mm-hmm. when that comes, I can offer so much to the table. Because if I want him to do this and this and this, I have to have these things in order for myself. So then when I, when I come to somebody that is, okay, he doesn't play games, you know, he wants to have a wife. He wants to have children. Boom. Mm-hmm. I have this to the table and I bring this to the table and then we'll be a good couple together. That's how I look at marriage. Amen. Amen. And, uh and I thank you so much, Arlessa, for that genuine, transparent insight. And uh, we are just going to take a short break. And when we come back, uh, if we could get everybody's insight on this topic before we go into uh, another definition, we will be right back with studying in the word. Rhea, Isaac, Egypt, and Noah presents The Resurrection Story. This book will take you on the journey from creation through the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Answering questions, why do we die boiled eggs? Or what is the significance of an Easter bunny? And much more. The presence of the Lord surrounded Amelia and her family. The Holy Spirit filled their household with love, joy, and peace. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ grew from a young babe in the manger into a young boy. He worked alongside his earthly father Joseph as a carpenter and worshipped our Heavenly Father with all of his heart. Years went by and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ performed many miracles, and preached to many, many people. And this full-length color book, written by Michelle Carter Douglas, her sons, Patrick M. Douglas, Rylan Douglas, and her daughter, Arlessa Douglas, was also illustrated by her children, Patrick, Rylan, and Arlessa. What a beautiful book to bring in all holidays. This book is written by a family for the family. 
Get your copy today on Amazon.com. Rhea Isaac, Egypt and Noah presents The Resurrection Story. Amen. Amen. So we are back. Welcome back to studying in the word. Praise God. So we had uh, Miss Douglas's um, insight. And before I uh, turn it over and let everybody, you know, get on here and and share their insight, I want to share some definitions here. And this, again, is defined under the Oxford Language Dictionary. Partnership is defined as the state of being a partner or partners. Example, we should go on working together in partnership. An association of two or more people as partners. Example uh, example that they list is, an increase in partnerships with housing association. The third definition um, they list for partnership is a business or firm owned and run by two or more partners. Okay, I find that interesting how the last definition, it says, okay, it could be two or more people. Now let's look at the definition by Oxford Language Dictionary when it comes to union. Union is the action or fact of joining or being joined, especially in a political context. Or the second definition is a club, society, or association formed by people with a common interest or purpose. Now, see, this is why I consider a marriage should be a union. And I said earlier, because you're working together for the common of good for the whole household and it's an interest or a purpose, the action or fact of joining or being joined. And the Lord says that we become one. Remember, Adam said, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. So it was a joining. That's why a marriage is a union. And I view it not as a partnership. And and how we begin to condition our minds, our spiritual minds, back to adopting and inheriting to the sanctity of marriage is one by our definitions of it. If we view marriage as a partnership, I firmly believe that's giving the devil a foothold because I let me explain on this one. Having a couple small businesses, you know, when I look at, if I say partnership, okay, the minute I say, okay, if I'm bringing 
5,000 to the table. And if you're my partner, I need you to bring 5,000 to the table, not less. If you're in a marriage, okay, and it's two people working, and let's say both uh, spouses are bringing home uh, 2,500 a week. Uh, I mean, 20, well, we can leave it at well, 2,500 every two weeks, okay? So that's 5,000 every two weeks, okay? So let's say, God forbid, one of the spouses dwindles down. But in your household as partnerships, okay, look, we're 5,000 every two weeks. So we could go get us a, a two, $300,000 house with a mortgage payment of 2,800 because as a partner, I'm paying 1,400. He's paying 1,400. Oh, we could put the kids in dance and all of this because, okay, we got four kids. He'll pay for two. I'll pay for two. Okay, half and half. Okay, now God forbid something happens, especially this pandemic. Okay, loss of hours, loss of work. Now, okay, one spouse is still bringing the twenty five hundred, but maybe the other spouse is being only bringing eight hundred every two weeks. In a partnership. Sometimes our carnal minds would go to, well, you know what? You got to start putting in some applications because I'm still bringing my $2,500 to the table. And as a partner, you need to be bringing that. But as a union, I'll be like, I got you. Okay, I might have to give up something. I might have to give up getting my hair and nails done. Even though, you know, the kids are enjoying dance and karate, well, maybe they could practice their little stuff at home until we get afloat. But we're on this together until you could get together. So, you know, and it's, and, and, and it's a hard thing to do. But what I'm learning in my walk with Christ and doing my due diligence in the eyes of God, it's a, it's a constant walk. I'm actually praying for self-examination, you know, because there's things that, you know, we go through. So the best thing that I go back to is never giving the devil a foothold. And it comes with the way we perceive things and the way we speak things. Uh, any questions or thoughts? I, I agree with what you said. How you said it is, a very perfect perfect example and people would think oh you know a partnership that doesn't sound too bad but the way you worded it and the way how it was explained it's like that gets tiring and you're taking care of two kids and then why not the other why is it split up the whole point i owe a union coming together that's the whole point of a marriage mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it came together in my head and glory to God, because uh, I'm telling you, the Lord uh, gives me the insight and it's nobody but the Lord, nobody but the Lord. Uh, any other thoughts, anyone?
said, because a partnership is way different than a union. A union, to me, is a much deeper connection with somebody, Pastor. Mm -hmm. And then, you the biblical, you know, definition of, you know, having that sexual body. You can be a partner with your friend in the business. You know, that doesn't mean nothing. It's just that you have a partnership and you guys are partners in a business. So mm -hmm. I think when people say this is my partner or this is my companion, uh, they're really underestimating and they're really uh, actually inaccurately defining what God has the uh, union, the sacred union of marriage. Yes. Yes, yes. You know, and, and that's how the, the see the devil is crafty for a reason. Just the simple thing of changing the way we define things will determine how we not only view things, but how we how we view and adhere to the laws of God. You know, when it when it came to uh, in Exodus, when uh, the people were doing the graven image of God, you know, they began to downplay it. What was the thing? Is this is this some jewelry being melted? What, what what's the what's the difference? It's no harm in it. It's not that serious, you know. But we just we 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 take these little steps, you know, and 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 slowly it comes in, and we begin to see how important we define, especially God's commandment. Amen. 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 Um, next, I want to get into um, the, I would like to get into some scriptures uh, from the Bible that talks about the marriage. And I asked you guys earlier to, to turn your Bibles to Genesis uh, chapter two. So we're going to be looking over Genesis chapter two. Um, before we do that, I do want to give glory to God because I looked on uh, our podcast platform and studying in the word is now being heard over five countries including the United States. We're listened to in the United States, praise God, praise God. United States, the United Kingdom, Hong Kong, Germany, and Singapore. God is good. God is good. Singapore, Germany, Hong Kong, United Kingdom and the United States. And this is, is, and we can say that this is 
our mission is worldwide preaching birth. That's what we're doing. Worldwide preaching work. Lost souls are everywhere. And by the word of God and by the, the blessing of God, we're going to reach those lost souls. We don't care where they are. We just want to bring them the word. And uh, I, I just thank you all um, for listening. And those that's on here tonight, thank you all. Amen. Oh, Genesis chapter two, and it's the NIV. And uh, before we start reading, any thoughts of uh, what I just said? Any thoughts, anyone? Okay, amen. Uh, and Sister Nicole, would you be able to read Genesis chapter 2, verses 4 through 16? Oh, I'm sorry, through 18. Yes, ma'am, 4 through 18. I'm sorry. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the Lord had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord brought him The Lord God made all uh, all kinds of trees to grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river watering the garden flowed from the Eden. From there, it was separated into four head waters. The name of the first is the pigeon. It's when through the entire land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of the land is good. Aromic resin and onyx are also there. The name of the second river is Gile. It runs through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is Tigris. It runs along the east side of Asher. And the fourth river is Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. I think I read beyond the 16th chapter, but... Yes, if, no, you're fine. No, exactly. If you could actually... Read up to 18. That was my fault. 17 and 18. No, it's fine. Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. 
I will make a helper suitable for him. Um, so I've read the, the second chapter of Genesis, the fourth through the 18th verse. May the Lord have a blessing upon the readers and viewers of this very holy word. Exactly. And you know what? And before I go in to, to speak, I want to also bring up the definition of a helper, a person who helps someone else. Now, this is the Oxford uh, definition of, of helper. So when we look at these scriptures, God did not create Eve to be a partner. You didn't see her going helping him uh, name the animals and work the ground. In verse 18, the Lord said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. We are the compliment, the helper, a helpmate. Some people, you hear them talk about, I need my soulmate. Our soulmate is Jesus. That's our soulmate. We want our ordained helpmate. Someone that is aligned with God's purpose, that has the same vision that God has for us to complete our journey. That's why you see a lot of people in relationships, marriages that don't work out. And we're definitely going to get into this, you know, in, in the, the purpose of, uh, this topic, you know, is, is one to open our eyes into what marriage is and help us build the skills to one, be compatible and to recognize our God-ordained helpmate, our spouse, that we are to be in union with. Amen? Uh, amen. Uh, Sister Patricia, would you be able to read verses 19 through 25? Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was his name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God met a woman from the rib. He had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. May the Lord add a blessing on the reading and hearing of His holy word. Amen. Amen. This is a lot of a lot of a lot of nourishment this evening. 
we having a spiritual buffet. When we are examining the word and we look at these verses, 19 through 25, I, I would like for y'all in your homework assignment tonight to reread chapters one through three. And the purpose of that, um, because God is such an amazing God that he can bring into existence, existence with words, okay? And in the Lord's mind, for him to have everything mapped out, formed out, and then to speak it into existence. That's why we have to appreciate and resonate and remember the power of the words. And this is something even that I'm working on. Because sometimes I get comfortable with, with gossiping, you know, sometimes, you know, and, and God's teaching me. He's like, no, now it's a difference in, in going and having a conversation or whatever else like that, but be mindful, you know, be mindful. And I say this because at the other place that I was working at, you know, the, the lady was bringing back information of what other people supposedly were saying. So I would get upset. Oh, well, they want to talk about me. I'm going to talk about them. You know, and, and that's not good. That's not healthy. So, you know, uh, and I, I share that because we're all works in progress, but we will not allow this mess to be an excuse that we do not change. Okay? You know, I was just learning... In, in my social work class, very informative. And my professor said, an excuse is an excuse. So we're not, we're, we are not giving any excuses in 2023. We are going to keep coming up King's Highway. Amen. Amen. So back to Genesis chapter two, verses 19 through 25, we see the union right here. Not only do we give glory to God because God is our first creator. He's our first scientist. He's also the first surgeon. You see this? He performed surgery. He closed, closed, closed the wound up while he was sleeping. God caused the man to fall asleep in a deep sleep. That's anesthesia. God was the whole hospital right there. And you see the difference with a partnership. A partnership is something if God created the woman to go out and help Adam name the animals and cultivate the ground. No, this was a union his helpmate because Eve was given a different job task, a different assignment, a different duty. Partnerships and, 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 and correct me if I'm wrong, a partnership, you have like assignments. 
Am I wrong? Anybody want to share? I'm disagreeing with everything again uh, you're saying, Pastor, uh, because it's very, very different in those scriptures in Second Genesis that God did make Eve as a union for Adam. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a partner. He wasn't a companion. So again, in that context, God really states that man and woman when they're together under marriage that's a sacred union that's a covenant to him you're supposed mm-hmm. to promise yourself to the most right most uh important so again it just shows that god had a different purpose for Eve. he was supposed to be that's why it says flesh of my flesh bone of my bone they were supposed to be a union together not a partnership that's right. That's right. Because a partnership, like we, when we're in school and we have an assignment, you might be assigned a partner to help you on that assignment. You guys have the same assignment, the same task, and you are to do an equal amount of work. That's a partner. That's a partnership. Some people want to use the label as life partners. What is that? What is that? Life partners. We ain't going to, unless God ordained that, we don't know if we're going to die together at the same time, the same way, whatever. We don't know. That's why when we're married, we say until death do us apart. We go back and and, and we're going to talk about this too. You know, uh, Abraham. Abraham married after Sarah passed. I think it was three years after she passed. He was married to Sarah until death do them apart. He remarried, and I think he had, well, he had some more sons. I don't know if it was four or six, but he had more children, all boys. So, you know, once we understand and we begin to learn more about the word of God, we get to know ourselves. And in knowing ourselves, we get to appreciate setting boundaries and we become better people. We become better to ourselves, better to our children, better to our parents, better to our neighbors, better to our friends, even better to our foes. You know, because we truly want to get to the place where we love our enemies. Amen? Amen. 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 So going back into chapter uh, two, um, we see here 
in verse 24, I want to talk about that too. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united. Yes. Oh, go ahead, Sister Pat. Oh, did you say something, Sister Pat? No, your sister was over here talking to me. Oh, no, no worries. So we see here in verse 24, um, that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. You know, I don't know why some people take this out of context to mean a physical sense of where a man leaves the father and mother's household. Because at all times, in the you see this even in the biblical days, uh, sometimes, you know, uh, the mother wasn't uh, alive and it was just the father, you know? So it doesn't mean both the household and it doesn't mean the household because we know in, uh, let me see, it was Abraham uh, whose father is... Uh, uh, what was his father's name? I think it was Teron. Uh, but Abraham's father, Abraham lived with his father even after he was married to Sarah. Uh, his father was Teron. Um, and this is actually taken out of Brill.com and, uh, it and it's written by Graham Devayas and Robert Gordon. And uh, this is uh, it reads Genesis eleven thirty one, which is usually thought to belong to the priestly source, tells how Terah left Ur of the Chaldeans with his son Abram. Abram. Every finishing point has a beginning. In our lives, every hardship we faced brought about a new beginning, a new horizon, a new triumph. Beginning of a new is just one short story written by author Brylon Douglas in his book, My Purpose Ordained by God, collection of adventure and short stories from an autistically gifted child. From the adventures of Jerry Young, who disguises himself to hide from the world, to Mama, Please Don't Go. Another heartfelt short story about a young girl named Mindy who fears losing her mother. Take this inspirational journey through this book written by Brylon Douglas and available right now on Amazon.com. a few minutes until they could exit to Koenigsegg Parkway. The roads and traffic take a turn for the worse. Readers and friends, the angel of death was near. Sterile and John prayed silently to Almighty God. 
Are they spared? Everyone hopes for a perfect love story. Some people dream of taking an adventure. In a small town named Poughkeepsie, New York, a couple and six young adults will meet and change one another lives forever. Take this journey in the adventures of Gurgle Boy written by author Patrick M. Douglas. This book is available on Amazon.com. Welcome back to Studying the Word, and I'm Minister Michelle Carter-Douglas, as we were uh, discussing about the uh, importance of marriage, and we're also going to uh, look into, you know, how sometimes uh, certain things are taken out of context, but um, Anybody have any thoughts uh, so far right now about what we covered over our lesson today? It's very insightful. Uh, a lot more people should be listening to it. Amen. Amen. And you know, it's a blessing. You know, um, I will say this really uh, started off uh, slow. You know, the podcast, uh, Morning Coffee in Christ is still doing good. We got to get back to that. Um, I'm looking to do uh, the Morning Coffee in Christ podcast uh, starting that Monday morning at 8 a.m. So I want to do that. But, you know, uh, God is good, you know, for our work to be heard in in five countries, including the United States, is truly a blessing. Um, so the people listening, we just thank you. We just truly, truly thank you. And um, as I was saying, next week, uh, Friday at 7, we will have the Bible study. And uh, we will be going over Genesis chapters 17. 18 and 19. That's 17, 18, and 19. Um, the week after, uh, which will be, let's see, uh, which Friday would that be? That would be okay. The 27th is when we will be going over the book of Genesis 17, 18, and 19. And then on February 3rd. We will be returning to the topic of sanctity of marriage, the the importance of marriage. So we're going to be covering a lot of good information. And this is important uh, for us adults, especially single adults like myself and also young adults and the youth, um, because once we start conditioning our minds and value uh, marriage, a lot of things will change. A lot of things will change for the good. Um, As I was sharing as well, some might say, well, you know, why is it so bad to fornicate? What is the, you know, big deal? 
God is a forgiving God. God is a loving God. You know, well, as I, I was uh, saying earlier uh, in some uh, example scriptures, Genesis chapter 38, verse 9 through 10, the English Standard Version, but Onan knew that the offspring would not be his. So whenever he went into his brother's wife, he will waste the semen on the ground so as not to give offspring to his brother. And what he did was wicked in the sight of the Lord. And he put him to death also. So what, why is that? And I was sharing Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nation. This is why it's so, and when you, the definition of consecrated is having been made or declared sacred. See, that's why the devil, the adversary is in opposition with the sanctity of marriage because it is life. It's life. God created man and woman for life. God did not want us to die. That's why he gave the warning not to eat from the forbidden tree. And we as mankind have to make sure that we don't eat from that forbidden tree. And the forbidden, the forbidden tree now is, is, is not a literal tree here on earth. It did exist. But now we are eating from that philosophical and mental forbidden fruit. The forbidden fruit of judging. The forbidden fruit of, of homicide. The forbidden fruit of, of uh, sexual immorality. The forbidden fruit of greed. And the list goes on. Are there any thoughts before we close? Um, I just think today was a really good Bible study. We all learned a lot, spoke a lot, and talked about a lot of good topics that maybe this can help some people. So I enjoyed it. Praise God. I'm so blessed and thank you. Thank you, Sister Arlesa. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Uh, You're welcome. Amen. Brother Brylin? Yeah. Amen. Any thoughts before closing? No. Amen. Thank you so much for joining in. Uh, my son Patrick, he had a hard day. He's out like a light. Praise God. He's. I just, I just love y'all all. I just love y'all all from my mom, to my sister, to my kids, to my niece and nephew and my little uh, four-legged uh, nephew and my little four-legged sister. Uh, sister uh, Nicole, any thoughts before we close? Um, just to, you know, reiterate again what Sister Alessa said, uh, you know, learns a lot and in a lot of material uh, and marriage. You know, again, look at the definition of marriage, uh, 
looked at about Adam and Eve, and also uh, what Sister uh, Patricia Carter said, very insightful today. Um, I think uh, how everybody said that um, this actual uh, Bible study today, Pastor, could be used um, as uh, one to help in marriage counseling. Mm. I, I would definitely say this is one that um, would be pivotal for people that are either in marriage or looking at pursuing marriage um, to, to take part in and to review. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. That's glory to God. Glory to almighty God. Everything I say and do glory to God. Amen. Sister uh, Patricia. Oh, yes. Just like I said, it's very insightful. And I like when you said, because, you know, uh, about when you said about, you know, Marriage is, and two people coming together is about life, and we they do need more counseling. People think more seriously about not only marriage, having uh, relationships before marriage. Uh, if you don't have your life together, what you create a life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to bring this person into the world and bring them up the way that the Lord would want you to? Amen. Even having a relationship strong enough to do that. Amen. Amen. And I mean, something we could talk about the other thing. It brings a lot of things that you know I wish I would have thought about, but 50 years ago, or myself, 50, 55 years ago. Well, you know what? And and this is the truth. And and we see even in the Bible. I I can't remember exactly where it is, but I'm sure. Um. If you all don't know where it's at, I know you would be able to find it. And maybe somebody listening can uh, point us in the right direction. And uh, Mama, you and I uh, discussed this at uh, one time as well. Um, uh, What was it? It was uh, when a man, a God-fearing man, a God-fearing man in the Bible, was uh, um, not ordered by God, but he was commanded by God to marry the woman with wondering eyes. And uh, people couldn't understand it at that time. You know, this was a God-fearing man, you know. And I say that because everybody has... um, a trial that they have to go through, a tribulation, an exodus. You know, um, like I said, my first marriage with my kid's father, Clyde, I will not change it for the world. Because out of that tumultuous marriage came the most beautiful things I've ever experienced in, in, in this world. My my children. And, you know, and in that marriage, it truly taught me the value and to be able to love a good, genuine man when they come along. And if not, I'm okay. 
I'm okay with being the bride of Christ. I'm all right. You know, my prayer is that my children find a God-ordained helpmate and that they flourish, you know? And um, Sister Pat, you know, I can relate. My life would have, some of the things, but then I think about some of the trials and tribulations did make me stronger, Mm -hmm. and I do not regret my children, my grandchildren, actually did help build other relationships with people that I met along the way. Strong relationships that helped me in my walk reach the Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you said, oh, you know, two beautiful daughters, and look at these grandbabies. Yes. And one day, there'll be some great grands. What dog told me to be quiet? Oh, that was Hosea. The Lord kept telling him to go after his wife. Oh, Hosea. Amen. That's going to be a good topic to, to discuss and read about. Praise God. So that's in the book. Okay, amen. What let me see, Hosea. Amen. Okay, amen. Okay, and her name was Gomer. So, okay. Amen. So we're definitely going to read that. And uh, who would like to bless us with prayer, closing prayer? Sister Nicole. my sister oh my goodness this truly was a a blessing to be on this line today and um i just thank you all and we will see one another 
on Sunday and uh, Bible study on Friday at 7. God bless you all. Love you. Love you. Love you all. Love you more. Love you all more. Okay, March.